I V M. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host Ram Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and this is a really special episode. We're going to discuss a very, very interesting topic. Okay, end of human beings. You don't need human beings anymore. Okay, jokes apart. The role of machine learning in investing. My guest is Karnika Agarwal, co-founder and CIO at Upside AI. Now, as per its website, Upside AI uses machine learning to make better investment decisions than humans. Okay, better investment decisions than humans over the long long term. Is that even possible? Of course, it is. That's why they are there. Let's find out how. Kanika, welcome to Paisa Paisa. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Hi, Anupam. Very happy to be here and uh, talk about why humans are doing such a poor job <laughs> and what we're doing differently. Oh, yeah. And humans are going through a pretty tough time right now. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. so let's start with the background to Upside AI. Um, so, how old is your firm? When did you start? What were you guys thinking? Who are your co-founders? Right, sure. So we actually got together with three of us. Um, me, you're talking to me, of course. Uh, my background has been finance my entire career. Uh, both my co-founders are from IIT Bombay. And like I said, it's used to do investment banking, uh, as, as they do. And uh, Nikhil, the CTO, actually went back to IIT Bombay and did his uh, PhD in machine learning. And, you know, that's a lot of the concepts we've used to build out our system. And, uh, you know, Atanu was in New York for many years working with a, a finance firm. And then we sort of got, got together and, um, in 2017, started building this. Um, so the inspiration for us was really uh, Warren Buffett and Benjamin Graham, right? Uh, Atanu is a big Benjamin Graham bug. He's reading The Intelligent Investor, gets us to read it. And Warren Buffett has this quote right at the beginning where what he's saying is to be a good investor, you don't necessarily need to have, you know, you don't need to be very smart or have, you know, secret information, any of that. He's saying build sustainable frameworks and don't let your emotions corrode those frameworks. Simple enough, um, and this is where most humans fail, right? Uh, enough emotions get in the way, and they're constantly corroding their own framework. So we said, okay, how do you keep emotion out of investing? Let's build tech to do it. And that was really the starting point for us. Um, spent a year building the tech, uh, spent a year after that testing it in live markets, all of 2018, and then 2019 is when we really launched. Nice. So and it's then been around for about two years now. 2020 would actually be a good time for you guys to test your product. Yeah, yeah, trial by fire. Okay, um, so let's start with the problem, right? And that's that's quite simple. You just you use Benjamin Graham as a wonderful starting point for a framework, right? Right. So why are human beings a problem when it comes to investing? Human beings created the market. Human beings created mutual funds. They created right. ETFs. Uh, not all of us, of course, are great investors. Um, just delve into this as a concept philosophically. I mean, yeah. at the face of it, of course, everybody knows that everyone says Ki active investing doesn't work. So go to ETFs, blah, blah, blah. But I want two yeah. things from you here. One is yeah. the concept, like you said. And the second yeah. is any data that you could show that supports that yeah. investing, as you say, based on human beings has failed. Whether it's global, right. whether it's India, whatever. Let's go into that. Right. Right. So um, the machines that are investing in the market, right? So at no point are we saying that, okay, bye-bye humans. But what we're saying is that and the, the reason, and there's there's so many studies around this, which say Daniel Kahneman, he's uh, he won a Nobel Prize uh, in behavioral economics a few years ago, and wrote this book called Thinking Fast and Slow, which I would highly recommend. Uh, there's an extract in there where he's essentially saying that over 50 years of data, you will see that mutual funds, investing in mutual funds or doing beating the index is like tossing a coin. Two out of three mutual funds every single year underperform the index, right? And this is 50 years of data in the US. So he said, okay, this sounds crazy. Let's us go and verify it. 
So we went back in time. We we started pulling data in the US, uh, 20, 30 years of data. And we said, okay, top 25% of mutual funds over that period, how do they do over 20 years? Right? If you put $100 in uh, at 20 years later, what does it do? It does about $264, right? 100 works to 264. And if you put the same money in the S&P 500, you would have made $275. You would make more money just putting money in the index than in the best mutual funds in the US. Right. Um, and this is true in India also. Um, I, I think uh, th- there's a stat that's been floating where last year, uh, zero large cap mutual funds beat the index in a bull market. Right. Um, over the last five years, 80% of mutual funds have been unable to beat the index. So, so there's enough data that is pointing you to the fact. Now, having said all of this, are we saying that, okay, bye bye active investing? We're not going to do this anymore. Everyone just put money in ETFs. Right. I, at no point is that, that the claim we're making. Um, who do you think the most successful investor of all time is? I would, you know, it depends on what you defined as most successful and what you defined as period of time. I guess Returns. would, I mean, I would probably go with the Warren Buffett because he's got 50-year track record of, a, I think, double Correct. digits or something. Correct. And he okay. does, right? And that's great for a human. But actually, the, the best uh, investor of all time is a machine uh, built by Renaissance Technologies. It's fund in the US. That is done in the 1970s. Right? That's 40, 50 years of data. Or just machine investing. I guess the point I'm making is that, and that's active investing. So I, we are not saying active investing is dead. We're saying humans are increasingly biased and corroding their frameworks, and that's why they're failing, right? Uh, so for us, I think Morgan Housel put this up on Twitter recently, where he said that the best thing you can do is average period of time, right? Uh, so for us, that's really what we're targeting. All you want to do is do slightly better than the index consistently enough for that to compound into outsized alpha. And, and the, the philosophy is to do that using fundamentals and not so much technicals or, you know, use those kind of things. Okay, the, the, the example of Renaissance that used, I'm assuming that takes into account backtesting because that kind of computing power would not have been... Yeah, he started in the 70s. This is live track record. Okay, well, I'm guessing that Buffet was in the, whatever, 50s, 60s or whatever. Anyway, yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah, 50s, 60s. Yeah, it's been You're right. Okay. Um, I want to just go back to what you said about ETFs because yeah. for a lot of the retail public now, the belief is to move towards ETF because whatever active investing is dead. I mean, you know, these are, I don't like to talk in terms of simplification such as this, that active investing is dead, therefore go to ETF. But I want to just go back to what you specifically said about ETFs. You said that that's not what we are saying. Right. What's your point of view on ETFs? I mean, A, probably how they're sold, B, how they're perceived, and yeah. C, the general conversation. Because I'm sure that you would be a part of many conversations around why should I even invest with you? Let me just yeah. construct a, uh, what, 50, 50, 50, index. you know, whatever, 33, 33, okay. 33, I can put one, you know, one third in this index, one third in that index, one third, one third okay. in, in the last index. I'm just saving on the, uh, 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 the, the, the expenses. Yeah. Okay. That those, okay. those expenses are nothing but a buffer on my 10, 20 year performance. So, so hmm. what do you have to say to that? So, um, I don't entirely disagree, honestly. So, uh, you know, Warren Buffett in the in the 2000s had a very famous bet with a hedge fund where he said that I'll put money in the in an index uh, hedge fund. You pick your best five uh, funds okay, to put money in and we'll track our performance over the next 10 years. It's a $100,000 bet. The money goes to charity. Let's see who does better. Right. Um, and at the end of those uh, 10 years, uh, Buffett's ETFs handily beat the best five hedge funds that that guy had. Picked, right. So, so to me, uh, again, that's very telling on the power of ETFs, but it's it's not as simple, right? So it's it's twofold. One is if you're saying that let's figure out what's the right approach to invest behind, 
there are ETFs, which is an approach. There's human active investing. And then there's what we're talking about, which is tech, using tech to do active investing. Right? So, so forget about the, the product. It's more what's the approach. And now once you start thinking in terms of approach, you need to start thinking about diversification. Right? There's no, there's no one thing you should be doing. Right? You, you should not be putting all your money in ETFs, but you should not be putting all your money in a human item. Right? So goes back to the same thing, which is they all need to coexist. Uh, you, you need to be diversified across them. And started, uh, John Bogle Vanguard started uh, you know, ETFs way back in the 70s. And now they're too, they, they've become too big. What's happening is at some point, the, the idea of putting money in ETFs was to play the entire market, not take a call on what's going to do better. And that's starting to now hurt the stock markets because ETFs themselves are drivers of price. So you're, there's no price discovery happening anymore. Once you reach that stage, active investing now starts having a more better role to play because now they have place to find alpha, right? So they're all self-correcting cycles. So at no point will I say, you know, ETFs are going to take over and stop looking at anything else, but, but you need to diversify and stop thinking about star mutual fund managers as the only way to be invested. Yeah, I mean, you know, the ETF is actually an answer to the whole star mutual fund culture. Anyway, so um, let's get to the rise of, you know, now we've covered the human being part in a lot of detail. Let's yeah. get to the rise of machines and how you think that AI, ML, you know, artificial intelligence, machine learning has yeah. solved the problem global, uh, has either solved or, or is solving the problem, you know, either globally or in India. What's What's been happening in these areas that makes you so confident that this is the future? Yeah, yeah. You know, over the last few decades, so we're not talking about something new, right? Tech and investing is not some dramatic revolutionary thing I've come up with. Um, in the West, there is a very clear shift away from humans into systemized rules, you know, machines, whatever you want to call it. There is a shift away from people into rules. Um, so 60-70% of US trading activity is now tech run. Right? Uh, more money flows into ETFs than human-managed mutual funds. In fact, there is more. There are no more ETFs listed in the US now than actual stocks. stocks yeah. That's how many ETFs have come up, mm. right? And your top five hedge funds in the world are all quants now. And but in India, what's happening today is for us, we're still thinking of tech as um, arbitrage trading, high frequency stuff, technicals, you know, all of that. But 80, 90 percent of our equity allocations are going into fundamental investing, right? Because you're giving it to mutual funds who are making decisions, saying, "Hey, I'm an expert." and I'm going to uh, you know, find alpha for you using my gut and my intuition. So we're saying that that is what needs to be disrupted. If you can see what's happening world over where money is shifting away from people, you know it's going to come here. If you think 20 years into the future, do you think there'll be more ML shops or less ML shops in the country? Right? Answer is clearly more. So, so that's the direction in which you're moving. So for us, that's the ethos, which is to say, okay, if 80-90% of allocation is to fundamental investing, let's use machines to solve that. Um, so, so that's the trend we see and that's the trend we are trying to follow uh, or, or at least uh, do in India. Give me some examples here, okay? Um, yeah. Probably some mistakes that humans do that the machine won't, right? I'm just going back to the previous points that we spoke about, but I just want to get this into slightly, you know, something more specific, something that our listeners can understand that this is something that a human would do. This is something that a machine won't do. I get that, you know, Kahneman, mutual funds, biases, blah, blah. That's, you've yes. explained that really well. And you've also outlined how quants and, you know, computers are actually now driving the next wave. Okay, all, all fine. Do you have specific examples there like, boom, this is something that, you know, this is a fault of a human being. And if a machine was handling this, things would have been better. Yeah. So, so let's use some, right? So, so for example, let's assume I invested in sugar stocks in 2017. 
ठीक है एंड आई लॉस माई शर्ट ऑन इट नाउ फॉर द नेक्स्ट फाइव इयर्स और प्रॉब्लम फॉर द रेस्ट ऑफ माई लाइफ आई लव लुक एट शुगर अगेन राइट बिकॉज आई एम जस्ट केयर ऑफ द ट्रामा और वट एवर दैट कमिंग my machine uh, has bought just dial for four quarters in a row it's lost money some quarters it's made money some quarters but the point is every single time it has to make a decision it is ruthlessly trying to figure out is this still a 100 dollar bill i can buy at 80 dollars it doesn't care what it did last quarter right it's just trying to figure out does it make sense now so so to me uh, you know being able to be unemotional uh, is one part of it right uh, the other one is uh, and and unbiased i, I guess uh, flows right into it or go back to march 2020 and think about the kind of decisions you should be making right uh, should you sit in cash market sign free fall you know there's enough panic going around you don't know where the bottom is uh, so so for us um, we have a set schedule according to which we buy we buy in march uh, july october december march we're buying around 15 march which is right in the middle of the free fall no idea where bottom machine says these are 10 stocks you need to buy because these make sense don't sit in cash that's what you do right me as a human while i was buying it i was scared right i know i have to follow the machine but still my biases are coming in the way and that obviously you know paid off handsomely for us but the idea is to set rules and follow those rules consistently and and don't let your past mistakes cause you to make future mistakes right so so and that's what kanman's entire book is just a whole bunch of laundry list of biases we come with uh, right whether it's hindsight bias whether it's uh, you know the uh, recency bias there's so many of them and uh, you know i'd love to do a tweet storm with you where we talk about them in a lot more detail but there there's, yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch yeah. there's a whole bunch of biases but that's what makes us humans i mean stock prices are driven Absolutely. ultimately by humans not by machines you know so Correct. the price movements that you get is actually the whether it's up or whether it's down it's because a human being is either making a very smart call or, or a very dumb call that's how markets yeah. go Anyway, yeah. you know, now I yeah. want to really get into depth into your product what you have to offer because that that sounds really really exciting and we'll do that on the other side of this break folks don't go anywhere we'll be right back with karinga agarwal co-founder at upside ai where we'll talk about the products that she has to offer that upside ai has has to offer and exactly how they work don't go anywhere we'll be right back and welcome back to this episode of paisa paisa my guest karinga agarwal co-founder and cio at upside ai karinga I'm waiting to hear the proof of your claim, right, on your website that the best yes. that your algorithms are more successful than the best human investors in the country. Okay, before you prove that, just tell mm-hmm. our listeners the products that you have, right? Because I'm sure right. they're just waiting to give you all their money, yeah. and if they are yeah. headed to, you know, to where do they cut their checks to you from? Where, <laughs> where sure. do they go? Sure. So, so um, when we started in 2019, uh, what we did was uh, launched our PMS. Which is a portfolio management service. Now, the time this, when the limit was twenty-five lakhs. Huh. That time it was twenty-five, and then six months later it went up to fifty lakhs. So that is a product for high net worth individuals, family offices, institutions. Those are the kind of clients we have there who have to cut a minimum fifty lakh, uh, you know, check. Uh, so there, you know, it's managed almost as a fund where we manage the the money, uh, make decisions, buy and sell, uh, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. um and then last year in october we we we've been thinking about it all of 2020 to say you know i've been talking all this entire episode about how important it is to have tech as part of your approach and uh, you know that's really missing for retail investors uh, to be able to have access to products why is it only guys who have 50 lakhs who can you know access these products we said we want to democratize it and uh, you know work with small case to create products that you can invest even a lakh in 
so that's what we've done now. So you can go to our microsite with small case and uh, log in and invest as little as, as little as a lakh and start testing out the product. Uh, right, so that's our retail offering, uh, all the way from a lakh to forty nine lakhs. You go there, fifty lakhs plus, you come to us. So you've got a PMS and you've got a small case. Yes, that's right. Thankfully, you're not case. you're not running those advisory schemes. I mean, good. I don't know why people do that, but I'm no, really no, glad that, that it's <laughs> you stay transparent. Yeah. This is a straight up PMS and a small case. Choose whatever okay. you want. Uh, whatever the PMS want. starts at fifty lakhs. The small case starts at what one lakh. Yes, one. Yeah. Correct. So, folks, we'll get into Correct. the costing of data a little bit later towards the end end of the show. But now that you know the products, let's yeah. go right in. How are yeah. your algorithms more successful than the best human investors in the country? Right. So, what do we mean by that? Right now, if there are so there are enough databases that track PMS performance uh, month on month and year on year, you know, over various periods uh, of 200, 300 PMS schemes in the country. Uh, so one of them, uh, PMS Bazaar, I think is the most comprehensive. Um, for 2020, we were in the top 10% of PMSs in the country. Right? On a uh, one-year so performance? On, on Yeah, because we have only a year and a half, right? So your okay. starting point for everyone is different. So for 2020, we were, uh, you know, beating 90% of uh, PMS managers, PMS experts out there. And, and in general, PMS experts are pretty much cream of the crop, right? Because it takes a lot of time, effort to get your license, get AUM, and then start building it. You're anyway assuming that they're uh, experts, best of the best, and we're able to beat 90% of them. Um, so, so that is where the claim comes from. Uh, hopefully, we continue to do that. The idea is to keep doing average returns over above average periods of time. Uh, nice. that's, that's that's what we're really trying to do. So what, uh, have you measured yourself since inception? I know it's a short time period, but you'd be completing two years anytime soon? Uh, yes, in uh, end of June, we'll complete two years. Okay. Um, so far, uh, you know, cumulative since we started, we've delivered 48% uh, returns. Uh, the Nifty 500, which is our index, has done 28. So we have a 20% alpha since we started. And you measure yourself against what? The Nifty 500, 50, the the, the Nifty 500 TRIM, the I'm TRIM, assuming. Correct. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, okay. And these statistics are there on your website and everybody can check yes. them out. So it's not yes. like you can it's go, you know, something. We have their sheets. We have our disclosure document. Download yeah, everything. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I mean, this whole the thing with PMSs is that A, um, comparing them is still not that easy because they're not required to make the their 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 disclosure public in a certain sense you you need to have an aggregator that 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 aggregates all the information and i'm huh. not sure you know how much of it is actually out there in the in the public domain but take it that's you know that's yeah. on the industry Let's yeah not go there. no but that's changed a lot because uh, sebi has come down and said listen you guys need to have standardized returns reported hmm. so now the returns that i tell you have to be the same i report to sebi and sebi is very clear on the methodology to follow which is a twrr Lovely. This so is a fantastic. Lovely. Yeah. I tell us about TWRR. I want our listeners to understand this concept, you know, because it's a slightly more nuanced concept than absolute returns. Okay. Yes. Which is just yes. year on year or whatever. You know, it's like Correct. it's like you're taking absolute a little bit more deeper. So just explain to our listeners what exactly is TWRR, the full form, how it's calculated, and why it's actually important when you're looking yeah. at a PMS. Yes. So a TWRR is time weighted rate of return. Right. Uh, usually, when you're looking at people giving you IRRs or XIRRs or any of that, it's it's weighted by the amount of money that went in. Right. So, if uh, say we're putting in money every year, okay. So, first uh, Jan 2018, someone put in hundred bucks. 2019, someone put in one million, and 2020, they put in hundred rupees again. The weighted in an XIR or an IRR, the most weightage would be of that one million that came in right in the middle, right? Because it's money weighted. Now, time weighted is completely different because even if you put 10 rupees in 2018, that has the most weightage 
what the, the whole idea of testing is to say okay what is your return over a period of time which is the most consistent or the most pure so if i put 10 rupees in 2018 uska weighted sabse zyada then if, no matter even if i put million in 2019 that has you know uh, one third less weightage right and then the next year has slightly lesser so it's a lot more complicated than i'm explaining but mota mota what you're trying to do is say give time more weightage than you do the amount of money that went in and to us that's very powerful because uh, you know th- that sort of separates the the wheat from the chaff if you will right so as you start um, you're, you're actually giving pure unadulterated uh, returns right from the beginning so in general even as you guys calculate your returns give enough weightage to your time weighted rate of return as well uh, and not just uh, you know and that's become an industry norm now yes and i'm you hoping have to, that and and actually sabhi is very clear on how to calculate fees how to deduct it from your tdr everything so so very very transparent now okay and i'm guessing that the aggregators that publish this information on a monthly or whatever basis are actually going to be reporting twrr also they right? have to they, uh, i okay. mean they have to because that's what the pmss have to tell them theek hai so any pmss site you go to they must have the disclosure okay um now let's get into the process theek hai because i'm sure right. that you would agree it's all about the process so right. how do you actually teach your machine right because this is more than just opening an excel file and putting a few if then statements or opening some coding and and just Correct. putting some lines of code out there because I mean, let's face it. A screener can do that. You yes. just go to a you know a, a free screener on the website, and you just tell them that I want you know, five-year uh, track record of ROEs, uh, hmm. five-year track record of debt equity, and hmm. these all parameters are damn easy to be. They're made by human beings, by the way. Correct. Uh, Correct. Tell us how you're different. Yeah, yeah, love it. So, firstly, um, a screener is basic hygiene. We should all use it if you're making a decision on how to invest. That's the first nice framework to start. right uh, so for us so what what are you doing um, there is a pnl balance sheet cash flow data of all companies on the nsc uh, that go into the algo uh, we throw out everything that's illiquid uh, you can't realistically buy or sell all of that goes out uh, and we don't consider psus uh, after that what happens is every company is converted into a bunch of fundamental ratios and numbers that you and i should look at to analyze a company we just talked about some of them right your growth numbers your roes etc but what's important here is i'm not saying that 20% growth is good or or i need a five year track record of 20% roe and just saying these are the numbers now each company is defined as 20 30 numbers now what's happening is uh, the, which is the third stage for us which is learning is where the algo is now teaching itself what it means to be a good stock in current market conditions now what we mean by that is that every market values different things like parameters work till they don't because what happens is ke they say achani if i buy above uh, buy below 20 p and sell above 20 p i'll always do well but you'll do well till market's turn so, so so the whole point is to say hey i don't know the right growth number i don't know the right weightage on growth and i don't know how that growth interacts with the debt on their books so you figure out in this market what makes sense and and that's what it's doing when it's trying to teach itself right what it keeps doing is building ideas of good fundamental parameters in its head uh, goes back in time starts testing them learns from it and then based on what it learned go back again and pick something else so it's a guided search where it's constantly iteratively testing different ideas to teach itself what it means to be good in these markets uh, right and, and let me give you an example sorry uh, no, no, uh, go on, I, go on, go on. complete complete yeah yeah so i'll just give you an example so for example in march 2020 we talked about this sometime back what is it buying it's saying uh, markets are in free fall uh, i want to buy safe stocks so let's look at uh, these uh, 10 companies which have no debt on their books high roes i don't care about p 
Uh, by the way, they're all export-oriented. Lots of them are specialty chemical companies, which I think will do well over the uh, next quarter. So that's what we bought, and um, you know, we fell with the market um, as as markets fell. And then the next month, market recovered fourteen percent. We went up twenty-one, right? Uh, but come July, it starts moving into cyclicals. It's saying, hey, let's buy auto, auto ancillaries, right? Uh, come December, it's saying, let's look at steel, textiles, let's look at value stocks. So at all points, all of these are good stocks. Atul Industries is good in March. It's good in December also. But what the market values has slowly changed over that period. So can can you try and you know figure that out? Uh, uh, intersection of actual value and perceived value. That's really what we're trying to do. Okay, I may I kind of heard you in passing talk use a certain phrase called market condition. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Define that. I'll give you some background why I'm asking this. It's because once you're with a stock or let's say with a company, huh. you have an annual report that's that you're sorted. You're if yes. you come from the school of thought that says I literally don't care about markets. I only care about stock, and I have a certain screener that has whatever twenty, thirty parameters, and I'm going to screen. There are about five and a half thousand companies listed on the BSE. About three, four thousand actively traded. I'm going to put that there. Hmm. There, I am not looking at, and market has its own indicators. There is, uh, uh, there is flows. There is open interest. There is volatility. Yes. You mentioned market conditions. So, yeah. is your algo also sensitive to market conditions? Because you're putting one layer above company analysis out here. Did right. you mention that? Yeah. Right. So, no. So, we are a only a bottom-up shop. So, what when we say market conditions, what we mean is think of the market as this massive grid, okay, of twenty-five hundred companies. Now, they all have different fundamentals, and they're all valued differently. So, that is your definition of market conditions okay. to us. Okay. okay. I'm not saying inflation, interest rate. Well, so, yeah, yeah, I'm no, not so, about that. Yeah, but you know, a lot of people when they look at quants, they add in like tons of. They will do a momentum on flows. Flows is one of the Correct. best indicators that you have out there of. Time no. in the market, typically, Same. you know, maybe some people, yeah. it's probably more relevant to traders. If you're in the old school thought of value investing, these are actually meaningless to you. So you're saying that Correct. you that you focus only on companies, right? Yes. Bottom up, like yes. you said. Yes. 50 million ideas. and <laughs> crore. crore ideas. Kither, where huh. have you got this from? Tell us here. So, so, oh, uh, one minute. Folks, uh, huh. the 50 million ideas is there on Upside AI's website. It says yeah. that Upside AI analyzes 50 million ideas. That's a lot. Tell us about Every that. Every quarter. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so let me tell you what that means, huh. right? So, what we're saying, like we were saying, uh, the NSE is a grid which has 2,500 companies. How many liquidity liquidity pay through a bunch of it out? So, realistically, you have a universe of 600 you're tracking. Now, when it's trying to learn from ideas, what it's doing is building pockets. Okay. So, it'll build a basket of 15 stocks and test its idea. So, how many iterations can it look at? It can look at 600 C15. That's how many ideas exist on the market for it to look at. That number is bigger than the number of atoms in the universe, 600 C15, right? So that's a space that it can uh, go through. What's actually looking at is 5 crore, which is a very, very small subset of that. But because it's a guided search, it's a good enough search for it to figure out, is this telling me what I need to know? So that's what we mean by 50 million ideas, which is 50 million portfolios or baskets of stocks being constantly picked to figure out these market conditions and figure out value on the market today. Uh, so, so that's what we mean. You're a child accountant, right? Yes. Yes. And I wish I. Unfortunately. No, no. Aray, <laughs> aisa, aisa, aisa bolo, please. I'm a CA and I'm very, you know, I might not be proud of my degree, <laughs> but, you know, it, my, my degrees essentially gave me my entire future. No, I say right. that because maths was never a very big part of a curriculum, right? right. And you mentioned right. 600 C15. That's, you know, that's about as mathematics as you can get because that's combinations yeah. and permutations. And, you know, yeah. 600 yeah. C15 is right. what? What's, so, what's the value of 600 C15? Bigger than the number of atoms in the okay, universe. Chalo, okay, the number Give me the. Slightly hairy stuff. When I say hairy, what I mean is yeah. when the system does not work. 
Okay, right. because you've been about two years. You know, you'll be completing two years very soon. Yeah. You would have seen the system work, and you would know that you have to keep on and on improving your system. What sure. applied two years ago will logically not apply today. Yes. You gave me the example of March 2020, where you went in for safe stocks. Okay, now that is just one bet. People yeah. could have had hundreds of bets. They could have just yeah. said buy only financials because financials yeah. is 40% of the index, and you would have still you would have still made a reasonably yes. good amount of money. Okay, you might not yeah. have been the best guy on the street. But you would have still made reasonably well. Um, okay. Or somewhere around August, September was when the mood completely changed. Risk came back. People were like, "Small cap, mid caps is the thing." And mm. from September of last year to around recently, small and middies were like, you know, on on fire. So there's stuff that works, okay, and stuff that doesn't work. That's just how markets are. You've yeah. given me the entire story of how stuff has worked for you really well. Yeah. What are your learnings so far, or when things went completely wrong? Okay, maybe you lagged your benchmarks. Yeah. What did you learn from that? Right. So, uh, two, three things. Right. What, what? Let's define what we mean by wrong. Um, when I am buying stocks, the machine is giving me a range of probability outcomes on what it thinks will do well over the next quarter. Okay. Now, doesn't mean every bet I make does well. If I buy ten stocks, I am expecting three, four to do really well, three, four to do okay, and three, four to do poorly. This happens consistently in my backtest and in life, uh, in in life conditions. So, that, but to me, that's not a mistake. Right? I'm, I'm buying portfolios, and I expect some to do well, some not to do well. Um, when do we do well? When do we don't? For me, my my biggest thing is my biggest sort of check is to see how much risk am I taking to deliver the alpha that I'm generating, right? Uh, and the whole idea of using technology is to say, can you deliver alpha at market level risk? What that means is, if you put money in a Nifty 500 ETF, you would have to take a certain level of risk. March major market 38% drawdown. That was the max drawdown uh, that you'll have to take. Right. Uh, so, so for us, the the biggest um, sort of comfort we take is in the fact that our risk numbers look very similar to the index. My, when markets fall, I will also fall. Mm. Right. I expect that because I'm a long only fund. I'm not doing FNO, you know, hedging, none of that. So actually, very boring product. Right. You buy stocks, you sit on them every quarter, you rebalance. Uh, okay. The only thing is, machine is pounding it. So, so two three things. One is when markets fall, we will fall as much as market. Not every bet we make will make money. Many of them will not, right? And in markets that are sideways, that are not really doing anything, we also end up doing okay or middling. It, it depends, right? The, the idea is, like I was saying, when you put them together and you make three three year business cycles, there'll be a, there'll be a period of outperformance, there'll be a period of doing okay, and there'll be a bull market, a bear market. So across that three year period, we end up delivering significant alpha because you're able to do slightly better, slightly better. Mm. So. So I guess uh, the hairy part of it is just because it's a machine is not hundred percent right all the time, right? And we will also fall, and and that is what people need to remember, which is you're investing behind probabilities and not behind you know foolproof system. Yeah, I mean you know I'm you know just kind of winding down the uh, uh, the episode now. What I like to call the four P's, right? There's process, product, philosophy, performance, right? We've covered process, we've covered product, we've covered performance. Talk to me about philosophy and what you offer. To your clients, is it? Uh, and I'm not talking about product details out there. Okay, forget all that. We've spoken about the product details. Okay. When I say philosophy, what is your goal? You know, do you are you offering that we will beat the index for you? That is a goal. Okay. Or yes. do slightly better than the index. That is a goal. Or you know, do you or or do you look at this differently when you offer this product to your clients? Right. So, so, so goal is very simple. Uh, actually, this is our, this is the simplest part of what we do, which is to say deliver alpha at market level risk. That's literally my goal, which is to say over. If you give me money for three years, I should keep your risk at index and deliver, you know, 
internal targets are do one and a half to two and a half times better than the index. Uh, that's broadly what we target. Uh, and, and to us, that's a very simple philosophy to follow, right? Because again, not doing anything fancy. If I'm just buying stocks, I can't expect to, you know, put on a big show. So essentially what you're saying is that the Nifty 100 gives you 10%, you should be looking at 15 to 20%. Yes. That would be a good target to follow. Yes. I think yes. that's quite simple. Okay, yes. fine. Um, You know, the uh, the finer details now, we already spoke about how you've got a PMS, how you've got a small case. What are the costing out here? What, you know, and of course, how can our listeners sign up? Where do they go? Right. So actually, uh, very simple. Go to our website, upsideai.com. Uh, and when you click on the invest button, it'll ask you how much you want to invest. And based on that, you know, take you to where you need to go to, to start signing up. Um, broadly, uh, you know, we've tried to keep pricing similar across the board for our PMS as well as uh, retail customers. Um, if you're a retail uh, customer putting in about a lakh or plus, um, you end up paying 2.5% a year uh, or as fees, which is charged to you, built you monthly automatically, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and within the PMS, you know, you can do different things. You can have management fee, you can have profit share, et cetera. So it ends up being a blend, but broadly ends up working out to about 2.5% a year as well. And I'm sorry, since I have not invested either in a PMS or in a small case, but is this included in the portfolio value or do I cut a separate check to you or how does that work now? So, so on the small case, uh, actually it's great because they have linked your bank account at the back end using NACH. So every month there's an auto debit okay. uh, and I'm paid automatically. And within the PMS, if you give me 50 lakhs, from that only your fee gets deducted. So when you see your return number, it's net of those fees, etc. Okay. Uh, so you just give money and forget about it. That's, okay. that's the idea. Folks, there you have it. Uh, before I wind up, I have to ask you the most obvious question, kya lagta hai? <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, <laughs> I don't usually do this, but, uh, you know, why not? Yeah, yeah. So actually, the, the, and we obviously get this all the time. Uh, so let me make it very simple for you. If I had another 50 lakhs to invest today, I would put it, I would put in the money uh, market as soon as we hung up. Uh, the idea for us is to always say short term cannot time the market. Anyone who's telling you they can do that is is lying. Uh, you should uh, stay in the market as long as you can. Uh, markets tend up in the long term. So that's why stay in market as long as you can. So if I had 50 lakhs today, I would deploy it immediately. No, hold on. Oh, let, let me understand that. So you guys do take cash calls because a lot of PMSs don't work on cash. They get 50 lakhs today and whether the Nifty is at 15,000 or at 8,000, the entire yeah. money goes straight in. Do you guys take yeah. cash calls that way? Stay uh, in the, cash? The algo, the algo takes cash calls, yes. Um, so actually, it's a reverse cash call. So basically, uh, you know, risk management wise, it has to find at least 10 opportunities to invest in. We don't like putting more than 10% of any portfolio in one stock. Uh, so if it can find only say eight, it's saying there's not enough out there, we'll say 20% in cash. Uh, so, so that's the reverse cash call it takes. But all of 2020, so far in 21, never taken a cash call. We've been fully invested, oh, okay. uh, and that's what that's you what I mean that by if, if 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 you know if I had 50 lakhs to deploy and I would come to you, the first thing you would do is put it into a money market fund or some. No, no, I would put it in the market. Oh, you? Uh, would, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I that's what of, I meant. This line, man, I really miss the studio. So you're saying it would go huh. straight in the market? Yes, immediately. As per exactly as per what your algorithm tells you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Even now. Yeah. So, Even now. so then you're saying that, you know, going forward, at least for the next one year, you think that if, you know, if you were to get a 50 lakh sum today, you could give a 15 to 20% alpha based on the algos. Not over the next year, three years, always three years. Okay. Right. Next year, I don't know. Uh, but three years, uh, that's the, that's the target. And that's what our backtest point to. That's what our live numbers point to. Uh, that's what we think we Lovely. Hope, hope to do. Always increase the term, your, I mean, the, <laughs> yeah. the time. Yes. Hold on, let me get yes. this right. Increase the tenure and you just kind of 
control the risk on your downside a little bit better. As I don't know who was it who said this first. It's time in the market, not timing the market. So yeah, perfect. Okay, I think you spoke about uh, the costing for this. You spoke about the products that you've got. You said you've got a PMS. You said you've got a small case. Roughly, the small case is about one for people who want to invest a lakh. The PMS is for people who want to invest fifty lakhs. Roughly, mota mota, sab kuch milake. It's like dhai taka per two and a half percent per year. Roughly, are you guys planning anything new? Like. <laughs> Are you guys planning to start a mutual fund, for example? What are your plans? So, uh, mutual fund is licensed. Usse zada exciting is you know what do you do with products? Abhi humne you know we built these bottom up fundamental investors that that we we like to look uh, think. The, the the other two things we're working on right now uh, that we're actively beta testing is one our US product. So what we want to start doing is essentially right now the kind of X hundred or you know Fang product or something like that. What we want to do is US mid and small caps. Uh, so we started building track record there. Um, want to be able to offer Indian investors, like we've been talking about diversification, away from India also, and start looking at uh, US, but a more niche market. Uh, not, I don't want to compete with uh, you know the large mutual funds to offer an ETF, but you know what? What else can you do? So very excited about that. We're seeing great numbers so far. Uh, so hopefully over the next six months we have something there, and, and you know we can uh, start offering it. Uh, But two things there. The first is you need a tie with a broker or somebody of that sort to give you yes. that kind of market making or the kind yes. of liquidity out there. And second is taxation because uh-huh. I'm guessing that would be taxed as what as a debt fund because it's sixty five thirty five or how will that be taxed? So the, we we're still sort of figuring out what's the right exact right structure to do it and and who to do it with. But idea is to say it has to be tax efficient, obviously, and uh, and uh, you know even transaction costs etc. So want to see you know. Two quarters of data, and then start figuring out what's the right way to productize it. I think we'll we'll work on that uh, this year. Yeah. And yeah, the other one, uh, yeah, and the other one is actually a top-down macro asset allocator, mm. where what we're doing is figuring out inflation rates, interest flows, like you talked about, uh, you know, different things, and what's the right debt, equity, commodities uh, allocations that you should be making for India. That is for India. So, so idea is, you know, pele, wow. pele, first step is how do you split it? Uh, don't use humans to do it. Figure out use use tech to do it, and then within that. Offer products uh, like we'd have with equity. And will this be an equity or will it be an asset allocator or what will asset it be? allocator? Oh, so you'll be mixing up everything. We have like yes. equity and debt and all of that. Yes. Sounds yes. really yes. exciting. Yes. I hope that we can have you back on Pesa Vesa once this is launched, once it's out there, once people can invest, and we'll get back and talk to you about it. Awesome. Yes, sounds fun. That's a wrap. Thanks, Anupam. It was lovely being here. Lovely talking to you. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you. Stay safe. And listeners, if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are IVM podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I'm your host Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening to Besa Besa. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.